<clears throat> I'm not sure where this sermon originated from, but uh, I was keeping track of Brother Ed Martin's brain tumor problem kind of close to me from Hagerstown relative and I was on the Home Joy site which his wife has and the last time she wrote in was very brief but it had a link to a Website entitled Don't Waste Your Cancer. And I found that very interesting, very challenged. Don't waste your cancer with bitterness. Don't waste your cancer by not, by not allowing God to change you. Don't waste your cancer by dreading death. Don't waste your cancer uh, by... There's a whole list of things that you can do <clears throat> to waste your cancer. The title of the sermon is Standing in All of God, Psalm 4. <coughs> Pardon me. Thank you. Hear me when I call. O God of my righteousness, thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer, O ye sons of men. How long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing, Selah? But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your heart, with your own heart, upon your bed, and be still, be still, seal up. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness, and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart, more than a time in the time that their corn and their wine increased, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. Standing in awe of God. Definition for all is fear mingled with admiration or reverence, reverential fear. Second definition, fear, dread inspired by something great or terrific. I was thinking of Brother Ed. I was tilling my garden, praying for him. And a lot of times when I till my garden or weed my garden, I think of St. Francis of Assisi. He was hoeing his beans. 
Somebody asked him, What would you do if you knew that the Lord would return today? And he said, I suppose I would finish hoeing my beans. I think about that when I till my garden. And I thought about my great-grandpa Layman, Joe, Joe Layman. <clears throat> I'm not sure if I told you a story or not, but he was sitting in church. Somebody walked up the side aisle. He was he was a minister, and he was, somebody walked up the side aisle, and he was sitting on the front bench, and they leaned over and whispered something in his ear. The man walked back out. He sat there a while, and couple minutes he leaned over to the minister beside him and he said <clears throat> I guess maybe I'll have to leave they say my barn's on fire so why can't I be like my uncle my great grandpa Joe Maybe it's like, uh, maybe our family is like a potato patch. The best part's underground. I'm not sure, but <clears throat> he's saying that I have some, at least one thing in common with him that he preached so slow that that the preachers, I mean the teenagers, would see how far they could count between sentences. <clears throat> I was reminded of that. I was in Ohio last weekend, and my son-in-law does a recording, and they have this little thing that shortens, takes all the spaces out. And uh, he took a full eight minutes out of a 45-minute sermon. <clears throat> so why is it so hard for me to relax when things aren't going the way I like. Why why do I lay awake at night sometimes and when I think the crisis have the crisis going? Do I really believe that little song that the children sang at Bible school? He got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me brother. In his hands, he's got you and me, brother. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. Is it because I don't have the all of God that I should? Something has to do with how I handle stress. And something has to do with how I view God. Now that's for sure. Maybe my great-grandpa Layman thought that you know, maybe it's not a good idea to waste a barn fire. I don't know. Well, 
was a family reunion at uh, Maranatha last week, this past week, and uh, a bunch of second cousins and were there, and my grandpa Martin's brother's family. So I went home and I looked him up in the Martin book and this particular family, which was the Nelson Martin family, had 12 children. And three stillborn children within five years. And the grandma was there. Just as sweet old lady as you could ever find. Just as sweet as could be. Somewhere along the way, she responded to adversity. Well, she had to. Or else she'd be a bitter old woman. But sweet as can be. Then I thought of Hebrews 12. <clears throat> and I thought, thought about all. And I thought about the event of um, Moses on Mount Sinai. And I thought about Moses' burning bush too. Hebrews 12:18 says, For ye are not come to the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor into blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice they heard, they that heard and entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. They could not endure that which was commanded, and if so much as a beast touched a mountain would be stoned or thrust through with a dart, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But ye are coming to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to a general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now hath he promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, ye once more, signifying the removing of those things which are shaken, as of things which are made, and those things which cannot be shaken may, be re may remain. Wherefore, we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace wherewith be, we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. I don't know what it would have been like to be there that day. When that mountain was shaken, there was fire on top, and wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is this is too big. This is too holy. This is too. Uh, what would have been like? stand there in awe of a God that's doing that kind of thing right before your eyes 
do I view God with all? Is he in the focus? Or am I in the focus? I read recently, the average teenager today, by the time of 30 years old, will have taken 22,000 selfies. Here, hear the term narcissist. A narcissist is a person who has an excessive interest in or admiration of themselves. And so our culture is becoming more and more narcissistic. So I looked up this word. Okay, so if I'm going to be absorbed with God, if I'm going to have him in awe and respect, then I can't be a narcissist. Right? Those two are polar against each other. I can't be absorbed in myself and be absorbed with God at the same time. So, so then it's my not no business to look at God and see who He is, but it's my business to look at myself to find out if I'm a narcissist or not. So I looked up narcissist. So how does a narcissist behave? Well, a narcissist is a conversation hoarder. Love to talk about themselves and doesn't give the other person the chance to get into a two-way conversation because they kind of pretty much hold a conversation about themselves. Or they're a conversation interrupter. So you got a conversation going and the narcissist can't sit still until he interrupts the conversation and throws in two cents about his idea or his something about himself or a narcissist is also a rule breaker okay rules are good but unless it gets in my way then I you know uh, maybe we won't call it breaking the rule but bend them bend them really bad you know so Or a narcissist is also a boundary violator. Shows wanton disregard for other people's thoughts, feelings, possession, or physical space. So, they don't know social boundaries, what's socially acceptable. So they impose themselves on other people because I have my needs, wants, etc., Narcissists also uh, project a false image. Like, they really don't want people to know who they really are because then it would show them how weak they are, so they kind of have this image you got to keep up with. Uh, narcissists also has an entitlement mentality. Um, they expect to be treated a little better than others. It's like... Uh, Tommy like the communists, you know, they believe that all men are more all men are created equal. It's just that some p people are created a little more equal than others. So that's that's the narcissist. Uh, they're also a charmer, but if they can't charm you, they'll drop you. Like, if they can't charm you into doing what they want you to do and you just like refuse or hold back, then so 
If you're a narcissist, probably you have a lot of uh, ex-friends. Like, yeah, well, we used to be friends, but that, we're not friends anymore. That's That would be a narcissist. Uh, grandiose personality, believing that others cannot live or survive without his or her magnificent contributions. Like this world just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much in, irreplaceable and... And, or they can be, have very negative emotions, uh, extremely sensitive to criticism. Narcissists are often quick to judge, criticize, ridicule, or blame. And they manipulate other people. Which all boils down to me, myself, and I. And that's all I care about. Now that sounds pretty pathetic. And it is pathetic. And I think if we were all honest, we could find some narcissism in all of our lives. And the reason that is just because we're naturally naturally uh selfish, born that way. Screaming bloody murder because we don't like the cold. Yeah, it's just the way we are. And ball our eyes out as a baby, wanting this, wanting that, wanting something else. But what was challenging to me, okay, so it's, we, we talk about those interpersonal relationships between each other, but am I a narcissist in relation to God? Do we have a narcissistic uh, relationship? So when you pray, is it all about me? Is that a one-way conversation or a two-way conversation? Or if God's trying to tell you something, you keep butting in and say, No, no, that's not what I want. Do I think I can break God's rules? If You know, not, not really bad, but bending pretty good. Uh, do I... Show disregard for God's ideas, thoughts, feelings. Do I do that? Do I project the false image to God that I'm a little better than actually what I am? Do I got, expect God to give me preferential treatment? You know, yeah, all Christians are equal, but I'm just a little more equal. If I can't talk God into doing what I want, do I drop Him? So is God my ex-friend? Do I believe that God, you know, be a tough time for God to get along without me? You know, I'm pretty important kingpin in this this whole plan here. Do I get sulky when God points out things to me that are wrong? Do I try to get God do I do I try to manipulate God to to give me what I want? 
perspective. Isn't it true that life is, uh, our relationship with God has something to do with perspective? Um, how many here have gotten out of one of them lawn chairs that lay out real flat or, or maybe a blanket and went out and laid in the yard for half an hour on a clear night in the last year have you done that? you did Good. What did you see up there? Stars. Stars. How many? A thousand maybe. A thousand maybe? That would be a good start. Lots of them. Did you see any of them flying across the sky? Oh, shoo. Uh, good. I saw one last night. I went out and I was too lazy to get a chair and I was too lazy to get a blanket so I just walked out and I said, you know what? I need some perspective here. And I look up the sky to my neck started hurting. Probably maybe ten minutes. And there was a terrific <coughs> meteor went across. One of the brightest I think I've ever seen. It didn't have big long I've seen pictures of the big long tail. This didn't have big long tail, but I mean it was bright. I think if you're a narcissist, and you tend to be a narcissist, like I tend to be a narcissist, maybe it's time to go out and lay in the yard for about a half an hour. Them stars are way up there, aren't they? And there's lots of them. Psalm 33, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, praise Him with a psaltery, and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto Him a new song, play skillfully with a loud voice, for the word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. So God go. And there were all the stars. How about that? Thousand of them, maybe. Billions and billions. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. 
from the place of his habitation, he sees barn fires, and he sees cancer, and he sees stillborn children, and he sees all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their work. There is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither doth he deliver any by his, his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart doth rejoice in him. Because we have trusted in his holy name, let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Now I'm sitting down there this morning, and I'm listening to Sunday school, and I'm listening to Sunday school devotion, and I'm listening to all these songs, and I'm thinking, my sermon's already preached. We could just go ahead and go home. But I thought, I decided a long time ago, if a Sunday school teacher teaches it and a song leader sings it, and we talk about it all the time, then the Lord wants us to hear another time. So you have got a sermon anyhow. So God says, don't waste it. I'm looking. Horses ain't going to help. Multitude of hosts isn't going to help. But I can help. Psalm 119, the psalmist, Psalm 119, 161 says, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. So, it's not just physical things, it's also relationships. So, this morning, how, how do I view God? Can I view God as absolutely perfect? Without one single flaw? Now, if God's like me, only just a little bit better, and if He's like you and a little bit better, and just a little bit better than any, all the Christians put together, then we probably wouldn't stand at all. But if I believe that God is perfect, then the capacity to stand at all is there. See, God's not at the top of the heap, so to speak. You can't start with an earthworm, then you talk about a, a toad, and you talk about, a, you know, an up ladder, and then you finally get to man, and then, then it's God. So God's at the top of the heap. No, He's not at the top of the heap. You see, there's no comparison between what we would call the heap and God. See, because God is totally different in character complete totally different than we are he's completely different he's completely separate 
there is no degree with God because God can't be a little bit better next year than He was last year. He can't be less. He can't be more because He's absolutely perfect. We may say, like my great-grandma Layman, See, I never met my great-grandpa Layman, at least not that I remember. But my great-grandma Layman, which was Joe's wife, I remember her, 90-some years old, she lived right beside my grandma Layman with my single aunt and uncle, and she'd sit in her rocking chair and she was blind. But we'd always go over to see Great Grandma Layman, and when we would go in, every time she'd put her hand on her head, oh wow, Dennis, you're growing up, and she'd put her head on top of mine, and she's growing up. I'm a little more, little, little more. She'd always say how much we're growing taller every year. But see, you can't do that with God. Isaiah 40, if you want to turn there, Isaiah 40, 18. To whom will then will ye liken God? How, what, what, what measure? How, what standard do you go by to measure God? Because you can't do that. Because every measure is something more or something less. That's all what measure is all about. And God's not that way. To whom will then you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto Him? The workman melteth a graven image, and the goldsmith spreadeth over with gold, and casteth silver chains. He that is so impoverished that he hath no oblation chooses the tree that will not rot. He seeketh unto him a cunning workman to prepare a graven image that should not be moved. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Have not not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he that sitteth on the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. That bringeth the princes to nothing that maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stocks shall not take root in the earth. And he shall also blow upon them, and they shall wither, and the whirlwind shall take them away as stubble. To whom then will you liken me? Or, or, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who hath created these things, that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names. When you laid in the grass and looked up at the sky... Every single star that you saw had a name. Do you know that? Every single star had a name. Now, that'd be a lot of names to remember. I'm terrible at names. By the greatness of his might, for he that is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, 
My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall not waste their difficulty. shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall not. They shall walk and not faint. So when we look at God and we see God as a perfect God, unqualified, Greatness, unqualified power, unqualified wisdom, unqualified knowledge, unqualified holiness. Without measure, shouldn't I be able to lay down and sleep in peace? It's my shame that I can. I stand in awe of the counsel of God? Do I stand in awe of the justice of God? Do I stand in awe of the judgments of God? Do I stand in awe of the authority of God? Do I stand in awe of the supremacy of God? The unsearchableness of God? Do I stand in awe of his presence? Do I see him as absolutely perfect? I find it interesting. I googled and said, how many words are there in the English language? And I got, oh man, it was all over the map. Uh, the lowest number I seen was 200,000 and... Uh, the highest average number was a million. Could it be if I could stand in all of God to the point that a million words wouldn't help me describe Him? Would that be a good start? Would that be a good indication? Where words fail? I mean, you have a million words at your disposable disposal, and all of them fail? Could that be an indication? And maybe, just maybe, that I can relax. And I know that God is perfect. And I know that that perfect God will take care of me as one of his children.